And now, Old Hills Radio proudly presents Sven Marlowe, Small Town Detective. Have you ever looked forward to something, remembering how things used to be, only to find out it was never like that in the first place? I've learned through the years not to trust what you see before you. Things aren't always what they appear to be. Like my handy old Swedish cell phone, we've been through kidnappings, gun battles, even sour relationships. Today, when I turned her on, I heard a crackle, saw smoke rising from the earpiece, and decided it was time to replace the old girl. After spending my Saturday morning picking out my new smartphone, I returned to the office with my spoils. My business partner, Gerda, and my friend Abdi were finishing a pot of coffee as I entered, proudly displaying my new gadget. That's why you're in such a good mood? A new cell phone? Sure, Gerda. Check it out. It's got all kinds of ways to help out with an investigation. I think I know who needs to get investigated. Do you know how much radiation those things release? Do you, Marlo? Oh, they're perfectly safe, Abdi. Anyway, as long as I don't spend all day talking on it, I won't have any problems. I still don't understand why you think that thing will help with your cases. Oh, check it out, Gerda. It's got enhanced GPS capability. Enhanced GPS capability? Marlo, what in the world does that even mean? It means that when I use it with this new app, Phone Tracker PI... I can track any phone I want, as long as I have its phone number. Any phone? That's right, Gerda. As long as it has a GPS connection and the phone is on. It makes this smartphone into a spy phone. That reminds me, Sven. Abdi and I are going to go see that new spy thriller at the theater tonight. Do you want to come? Oh, no thanks, Gerda. I plan to spend a night alone in the company of this new phone, learning all of her ins and outs. Marlo, you are a very, very lonely man. <laughs> to each his own, Abdi. Better text me your new number, Sven, in case I need to get in touch with you. Yes, yeah, sure thing, Gerda. Yeah, there you go. No one else has this number. You are the first. I thought you said no one else had that number. They don't. I don't recognize the caller. I, I better answer this. Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Sven, listen carefully. I'm in big trouble. Marie? Don't talk, Sven. I don't have that much time. Remember the old hotel we stayed at when I was going to college? Yeah, sure. Marie, it was called don't the college. Don't the name. Get here as fast as you can. It's a matter of life and death. I'll be there. But, Marie, how did you get this number? It's not important, Sven. I'll explain everything when you get here. Hurry! I'll be there as fast as I can, Marie. I've got to go. Meet me in the bar. Marie! Marie? She hung up. What's going on, Sven? I'm not sure, Gerda. All I know is that Marie is in trouble and she needs my help. I need to pack and go. Marie! Do, do you mean that beautiful vision of a goddess I met last spring? Yes, Abdi, it was Marie. She was acting all mysterious. It was almost like she thought someone might be listening in. How did she get your number, Sven? Well, she didn't tell me. 
She said she'd explain everything once I got up there. <laughs> tell me, Marlo, do you not think it's strange that Marie calls you on your new phone, a phone no one has the number of yet? and asks you to drop everything to help her? Well, Yes, I, I... Ben. It seems like whenever Marie comes around, trouble follows. Last time she was in Norristown, there was a kidnapping, and you were nearly killed. Uh, Gerda, that was hardly her fault. Not to mention the damage you did to my car. Uh, now, come on, you two. Marie helped solve that kidnapping. She didn't have anything to do with it, or the damage to your car, Abdi. Remember when Albert terrorized Norristown? He captured and tortured you, Sven, just to get Marie to show her face. But Gerda, Marie had nothing to do with that. I just don't think she's good for you, Sven. Beautiful women can be very dangerous, Marlo. <sighs> I, I don't know. It is crazy that she calls me up and tells me to come right away with no explanation or anything. Why don't you call her back and demand an explanation? Good idea, Gerda. Go ahead, Marlo. Call her back. Yeah, all right. I, I guess it wouldn't hurt. Come on, Marie. Answer the phone. The number you have called is no longer in service. Please check the number and try your call again. Well, the number's been disconnected. Maybe I am crazy for thinking of going. Oh, I got a text. It says... Hurry, danger, Marie. That's it. I'm going. Now, you two hold down the fort. If you say so, Sven. Are you sure you don't want me to come with? Or me, Marlo. I, I could drive you there. We would get there pretty fast in my cab. No way. I'm not taking anyone with me. It's too dangerous. And, Abdi, do you really think your cab is faster than the judge? I hopped in the judge and we were on our way, heading to the city to find Marie, the one true love of my life. Usually I don't enjoy a three-hour drive, but this time I had a lot to think about, a lot of unanswered questions. What has Marie been doing all these years? Why is she acting so mysterious? And what did Albert mean when he told me I didn't know Marie very well? Thanks to the judge and its 360 horsepower V8 engine, I made good time getting into the city barely two hours after I left Norristown. And as I drove through the part of the city known as College Town, I recognized a few landmarks, but most of the familiar sites were gone, replaced by student housing, parking lots, and sports taverns. I parked in the back of the College Inn and made my way past the lobby to the bar. For a Saturday afternoon, the place was empty. Just a bartender, myself, and an odd-looking fellow at the end of the bar. Hey, buddy. Can I get you something? Uh, yeah, sure. How about a cup of joe? Sure thing. You look like a man with something on his mind. Do I? I suppose I do. I'm looking for someone, a woman, tall, beautiful auburn hair, voice like a thousand angels. Marie is her name. Marie, you say? I haven't seen anyone like that here lately. You've got it pretty bad for her. It shows, huh? 
I thought I was over her a long time ago, but now I'm not so sure. All it takes is a single phone call from her and I come running. And she doesn't even have the decency to show up. James, can't live with them. Can't live without them. Good luck, Mr. Marlowe. Sven Marlowe. Good luck, Mr. Marlowe. I, I hope you find what you're looking for. Hey, did you say you're looking for a woman? Yeah, that's right, buddy. Uh, tall, auburn hair, irresistible hazel eyes. Sounds like my kind of woman, Mr. Marlowe. Say, couldn't I interest you in a watch? A uh, watch? No, look, fella, I'm not interested in a sales pitch. Don't be so quick to judge, Marlowe. I think you'll like this one. You see, it's called The Face of Marie. The strange fellow at the end of the bar gave me a wink, and I recognized his bright hazel eyes as Marie's. I agreed to examine his full collection of watches he had in his room, and we left the bar. Marie never once went out of character as we rode the elevator to the third floor. It wasn't until we entered her room and the door was double locked behind us that she tore the wig from her head and threw her arms around me. Oh, Sven, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, Marie, you need to tell me what's going on right now. I will, Sven, but first, give me your car keys. Keys to the judge? I don't know, Marie. I'll give them right back. Trust me, Sven. Oh, okay, Marie, but I need some answers. Of course, Sven, but this is not your key ring. What do you mean, Marie? It's the key you gave me before going to college. Look, the skeleton key engraved with Marlowe is right there. I know, Sven. I swapped the original for a duplicate when I was in Norristown for Sydney Mai last year. Here, watch. I push and turn the end of this key like this, and there we go. What on earth? It's some kind of a crystal? A crystalline microchip. It fits in a transmitter, like this. Then I push this button and send the encrypted files to the vault. The crystalline microchip will disintegrate once it finishes the transmission. Done. Marie, what the heck is going on here? You tell me to come quick, that you're in danger, then I find out you only needed a microchip you hid in my keys last summer? I need some answers right now. I know, Sven. I'll tell you everything, but I need to get out of this man suit first. Give me five minutes to take a shower and change. Five minutes, but that's it. I promise. Now, this is crazy. I don't know Marie at all. I better call Gerda and give her an update. Hello, Ben? Hi. Hi, Gerda. I just wanted to let you know that I made it here. Everything seems okay. Uh, a little weird, but okay. Is Marie safe, Sven? Did you find out what the danger was? Not yet, Gerda. I don't know what to think anymore. She's taking a shower right now, washing up after being dressed as a traveling watch salesman. A traveling watch salesman? You're kidding me, right, Sven? I kid you not, Gerda. Well, where are you? At a hotel in College Town. The College Inn, room um, uh, 323. Do you need anything, Sven? Should Abdi and I meet you there? Wait. Hold on a minute, Gerda. Someone's at the door. I'll be right back. 
Who is it? Room service. Uh, just a minute. Oh, thank you, love. I just need to replace that old bouquet of flowers with these fresh ones. All right, uh, but please, we're in a hurry. Don't get your knickers in a bundle. Haven't you ever heard to stop and smell the roses? <laughs> stop and smell the roses. Uh, yeah, yeah, very funny, ma'am. Uh, and thanks for the flowers. You have a bonny day, love. Cheerio. Uh, yeah, you too, ma'am. Sven, who were you talking to? Uh, just room service. No one special. Room service? You let someone in? Yeah, it's no big deal, Marie. She just brought a new bouquet of flowers. Sven, <coughs> <coughs> what have you done? Oh, it's some kind of gas coming from the flower vase. I, I, I can't breathe. No, Marie! Sven? <coughs> Hello? last thing I remember was a toxic smell overpowering me as I reached for Marie. I must have passed out. I had crazy dreams and visions. A giant robot zapping me with a ray gun, running from a shadowy figure, and a high-pitched, sinister laugh. I fell, tumbling head over heels, hearing Marie call my name over and over again. Sven. 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 Sven, wake up, Sven. What? Oh. oh, where am I? What happened? I, I feel like I've been run over by a troop of Scandinavian folk dancers. It's remnants of the knockout gas. You'll feel better in a minute. Marie? Why am I in chains? I assume so we can't get out of this old abandoned warehouse. Marie, what is going on? Oh, Sven, I'm sorry. I never meant for you to get involved in any of this. You put a secret microchip on my keys. You called and begged me to come help, and now you expect me to believe you didn't mean for me to get involved? For what it's worth, I'm sorry. Sorry? Marie, how did you get my new phone number anyway? Sven, I'm not the same person. I was back at Norristown when we were kids. Shh. Yeah, someone's coming. Well, isn't this sweet? The two of you alone in the dark. Who are you? What do you want? Why don't I shed a little light on the subject? Hmm? Albert. Albert Einstead. One and the same, Marlowe. If I could get out of these chains, I'd explain how good it is to see you with my fists. <laughs> but you can't, can you, Marlowe? And you, my dear, it's lovely to see you again. We haven't seen each other since the lovely weekend we were spent together in Brussels. <laughs> oh, I remember the beautiful honeymoon suite, the sounds of the busy city, the smell of your... Auburn hair. What weekend in Brussels? Enough, Albert. Why have you brought us here? Mm -hmm. I think you know what I want, Marie. You've been running away from me long enough. You covered all your bases. All except for your bumbling boyfriend here. Now, what is that supposed to mean, Albert? Oh, don't 
get upset, Marl. Oh, you'll hurt your wrists on those chains. <laughs> but I do have to thank you. After all, it was your new phone that gave it all away. How did you find him so quick? I thought only the NSA could work that fast. Oh, that they do, Marie. But you see, the author of the software used by the NSA built himself a little back door. The author of the NSA software, you need... Yes, Marlowe, it was me. I wrote the software that tracks cell phones, records conversations, and remotely activates microphones and speakers. And with my back door to the NSA, I was able to track you and me and get you both into my clutches. <laughs> Does anyone have 19 cents? Mother, 
Kelly is going to deliver the sandwiches soon, and I need 19 cents. The total came to 23.19, you see, and I only have the 23 dollars. Oh, I've got 19 cents in my pocket, Mrs. Einstead. If you could just loosen these chains, I'll get it for you. Oh, no, you don't, Marlowe. Here, Mother, I've got another dollar. Just tell them to keep the change. Thanks, dear. Oh, have you shown them in your new invention? Uh, about to demonstrate it when you interrupted us, Mother. Oh, goody. Oh, please, Albert. Can I stay and watch? Yes, Mother. Just please stop interrupting. Whatever you say, dear. This is it, Marie. Your last chance to give me the micro chip. I told you, Albert. It's gone. It's too late. Very well. I'll just tune in a memory on the screen here. Oh, isn't that sweet? The first time Marlowe met you, Marie. Say goodbye to memories, Marlowe. Albert, no!
half a dime. Do you want me to bump them off, Albert? <laughs> oh, no, Mother. I have something more interesting in mind. Keep the gun train on Gerda and have thee, Mother. Let us go, Albert. You don't have to do this. Don't I, Marie? I believe it's far too late to turn back now. Hold still, Marlowe. This is going to hurt. <laughs> Gerda and Abdi found a bolt cutter and were able to release me and the woman they called Marie from our restraints. They tell me I've known Marie for a long time, but I can only remember meeting her at the bar yesterday. I don't understand why I drove up here or what I was planning to do. It's all hazy like a dream. The cops arrived shortly after Marie and I were freed and spent the next two hours interrogating us all about who and what we were doing in the abandoned warehouse. The boys in blue did an excellent job trampling over any clues that Albert may have left, but they did find my phone and let us all go in the end. Gerda and Abdi left Marie and me behind while they went to get Abdi's cab. I still felt like I was in shock, my brain fuzzy, Words not coming out quite right. And this woman, this Marie, she wanted to tell me something to explain. Sven, I'm so sorry about all that's happened. I have a lot to tell you about what's been going on all these years, where I've been. I'll explain everything to you, Sven, even Brussels. Look, uh, Marie, right? I don't know who you are or how you convinced me to come up here to help you, but it's clear that all you are is trouble with a capital T. The pain in my head, the, these marks from the chains and belt that held me tight are proof enough of that. But Sven, we've been through so much together. I'm sure I can help you regain your memory. 
I have friends, doctors who specialize in this sort of thing. We can fix this, Sven. There's nothing that needs to be fixed, Marie. As soon as Gerda and Abdi get back, we're going to get some coffee and head down to Norstown where we belong. You can have your city and your crazy friends. I've had enough. Well, if that's how you feel, Sven. Good luck with everything, Marie. Goodbye, Sven. I'll never forget you. Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Hi, Sven. We found this great coffee shop right around the corner. We've saved a seat for you and Marie. Thanks, Gerda. It'll just be me, though. Marie decided to go her own way. Really? All right, Sven. See you in a minute. Within a few minutes, I sat in the luxury of the College Town Cafe, where the coffee's brewed fresh and extra strong, just the way I like it. Gerda, Abdi, and I laughed about old times gone and new times to come. I felt like a weight had been lifted from my shoulders, like something I'd carried for a long time was suddenly missing. I don't know what it means, but I'm glad for the relief. You've been listening to the adventures of Sven Marlowe, small-town detective in the case of the Forgotten Woman. Today's show was produced in the studios of WDRT Viroqua, 91.9 FM, in Viroqua, Wisconsin. The cast today included Steve Lorden as Sven Marlowe, Michelle Pedretti as Gerda Henshorn, Carl Schlecht as Abdi and the bartender, Adam Fogelson as Albert Einstead, Jane Kuba as Marie, and Kat Tigerman as Mother Einstead and Maid, with live sound effects by Josh Peters and Rusty James as our audio engineer. Some of the recorded sound effects are used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license from soundbible.com and freesound.org. Recorded music used in this production was by Kevin McLeod of incomputech.com. The Case of the Forgotten Woman was written by Leif Erickson and Josh Peters. Subscribe to our Old Hills podcast to keep up to date with our original programming and listen to previous episodes by browsing to oldhillsaudiotheater.podbean.com or subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Stay tuned for the next adventure of Sven Marlowe, Small Town Detective.